This week's sponsor is for people who are casting Arnold Schwarzenegger in their movies. It's Predator Movie Quotes. Not sure what funny one-liner to give Arnold? Use a Predator Movie Quote. Audiences will love them because they recognize them, and you can immediately take us out of the movie for a cheap laugh. To get Predator Movie Quotes today, use coupon code Get Through the Chopper, you ugly son of a bitch. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we'll do some funny ass. Talking movies and having a blast. It's the beaded podcast. It's the beaded podcast. This is Beaded Podcast. I'm Hitman Joe Cabello, and this is documentary filmmaker Chris Osoda. Hey. And we are here with a special guest. We have director and first AD, Lexi Kirsch. Hello, Lexi. Uh, ahoy. Uh, welcome. We're so excited to have you uh, on the podcast here. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Cool. Well, we always start with a little bit of what we've been watching. So, uh, Lexi, I ask you, what have you been watching? Well, uh... Since the pandemic hit, I've used it as an opportunity to catch up on TV shows, actually, that I've just haven't gotten around to watching. And I just finished Homeland season eight after seven seasons. I'm a diehard fan. Wow. And that's with, what's the it was main amazing. actress in that? Claire Danes. Claire Danes, that's right. With Claire Danes. Yeah, she just, oh my God, she's just so good. So good. It's it just stayed strong till the end. It was it was a joy and a very it was nostalgic actually because you know you know you knew it was ending. And when did it end? Recently, I think okay. Showtime Showtime. Um, uh, I don't know. It went went on maybe like February. Okay, okay this year. <laughs> yeah, this year. And did you, have you ever seen it, Chris? Because I haven't seen a single episode. I, I have not seen it. As Guys, well. highly recommend. <laughs> Highly, it's a fantastic show. Every episode is like a workout. Very stressful. Oh my gosh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? I do have an aversion to watching like seven season TV shows and stuff because, like, yeah. I and I, I know it always sounds because I do have the time. I'm gonna preface this by saying I do have the time, but I don't have the time to watch that. You know, like you gotta like it. You gotta like the story. You gotta be into the world of it all. Yeah, maybe it's one of those shows I can put on when I'm gaming and stuff, because that stuff's few and far between. Cause... It's not, though, because you have to pay such close attention to details, otherwise yeah, you'll get right. lost. Yeah. Not a background show. And you've been a fan of that since the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So right right from there. I might have to give the episode a try, or I know my uh, my girlfriend's definitely a, like, she's hunting down the shows that have the most seasons. Uh huh. And just devouring them, even like in, what Law and Order? Uh, not not quite that. Uh, uh, Freaking Simpsons, Gilmore Girls. So uh -huh. you know, hour long shows. Gilmore Girls had a lot of seasons. How many seasons? Gilmore they were Girls? like seven or eight. Okay. Plus the uh, the Netflix hour long uh, episode or hour and a half sure. long ones. What um, what's a lot of seasons these days? I would say over seven. Is, okay. a, is a lot to me if you're an hour-long show mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That to me is like daunting to where that's, I don't want to do has, it. Has she watched like Supernatural? That shows like on oh, fifteen fucking seasons. Yeah, that's the one she's actually been saving. She's like, all right, see, yeah. I know, I know, I can fall back on Supernatural when I run out of shows. Wow. I'm like, all right, let's go. But she's also, I don't think she would like Homeland because um, it's probably too stressful. She's she's been more on like the shows about cowboys and ranchers and sure, not like her that. speed. Oh, like The Ranch on Netflix? Did you watch that? <laughs> How come The Ranch has had like several seasons, yet I've never spoken to a certain a single person who likes or watches it? What <laughs> is it? It's like an Ashton Kutcher oh, sitcom. God. It's a I'm multicam, out. right? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually a multicam lover. I like Fuller House and The Big Show Show. Like, give me all that uh, bullshit. But <laughs> I don't know if I'll watch The Ranch. But we went from uh, Homeland to the ranch. Any final thoughts to push anybody over the edge of watching Homeland? Uh, the series is Dunzoids, right? It's Dunzoids. Yes, it's Dunzoids. Um, to, I mean, you kind of got to be into it from the beginning. So if you're a diehard Homeland fan or you've seen uh, previous seasons, yeah, I would recommend it 100%. Because, you know, they rounded out characters, finished their arcs more or less. And it's still good. It's still strong. I mean, like I said, every episode is just, uh, you just you can't wait to push play on the next one. All right. Sounds like uh, addiction to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Osoda, what have you been watching? WWBW. No, that's, uh, what, that's the acronym for what we've been watching. I was, <laughs> I was reading that off my notes where I didn't write it out fully. I was too lazy and just wrote what we've been watching. So not WWBW, but WHY. Anyways, what have you been watching, Chris? <laughs> um, I haven't watched too much this week. I've mostly been watching like uh, streams, like Twitch streams of uh, of news and and Twitter and stuff like that. But right. uh, one one of the things I did watch was I know this podcast I listen to. They're watching. And reviewing the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, nice. So I, I watched the the first one again. I haven't seen it in like you know what ten years or something like that. Has it been a while? Uh, is, what's your relationship with the the Lord of the Rings movies, Lexi? Do you have a favorite? I'm embarrassed to say that the the trill is it a trilogy at this point? Yeah, the trilogy has been on my list forever i've never seen them i'm dying to watch them but then someone was like don't bother they're so boring wow i know i know i gotta Whoa. i gotta commit i don't i don't think that's true i think maybe the second one can has some sluggish moments but it's still good i think that's uh, the second one i think would be my favorite oh wait that's the one with helms deep right yeah i yeah. think it's the third one with it whatever a lot of the yeah the third one is pretty little. long uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting because it's been a while since I saw any of them either. Are they including the Hobbit trilogy? No, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. The Hobbit trilogy, you can stay away from Lexi in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, those ones are always noted. Yeah, unless you really enjoyed uh, the Lord of the Rings so much that you're like, I need more. Like, sure. I'm Gaga for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the original trilogy is like one movie per book right 
And then The Hobbit was one book that was shorter than all the other books, but they made it into three movies. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Just milking it. Yeah. It stinks. Yeah. It really stinks of them stretching the book. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much stuff added. Anyways, we don't want this to be a Hobbit bitch fest. <laughs> there's too much of the, the Hobbit hate. Uh, yeah. But it's well deserved. I heard that there's a cut of the hobbit though that's all three movies condensed into one three hour movie so you don't have to watch them all separately uh but was even it uh, heard great things was it venom who edited that together no what uh the gosh the guy from that 70s show not ashton kutcher oh <laughs> oh from uh spider-man 3 yeah from spider-man 3 <laughs> now see Many people who know who I'm talking about right now who are listening, uh-huh. uh, they might note that I used Venom as his signifying <laughs> character, uh, which might be incorrect. But he's all I can think of. Who uh, Eric, Eric Foreman from yeah, that yeah. show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Foreman. Uh, Topher Grace. Topher Grace, yeah. Oh, he plays Venom? He plays Venom. And also, he edited down uh, the three, I believe, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars movies into one Oh, movie. yeah. I remember that. He w- he did that. He spent his time doing that and then would have private screenings showing it. <laughs> Maniac. An absolute psycho. <laughs> That's someone using their power, their celebrity, for good, in my yep. opinion. <laughs> I recently saw him at a coffee shop, actually. How was he doing? Was he editing down? Prior, <laughs> prior pandemic. No, he was having a meeting with someone. Real cute guy. Topher. Oh, I thought that person he was meeting with was a real cute guy. But no, oh. he's, a, he's definitely a snack. He's a looker. He's a snack. <laughs> he was the Timothy Chalamet of his time, and a lot of people forget that. Was he? I don't know about that. <laughs> when he was young, Mr. Uh, Eric Foreman. I wouldn't say he's as edgy as Mr. Timothy. That's because Timothy was like not born in the United States or whatever. That's the only thing that gives him edge. If he was born in Kentucky or something, no one would give a fuck about Timothy. <laughs> you know it's true. Um. Well, cool, cool, cool. So you're watching that. Um. Anything else to add about it? Uh, just the. All the effects really hold up pretty well. Some of the they use CG pretty sparingly, which is nice. Because when they do it, that does look cheesy. But all the uh, makeup effects on all the like orcs and stuff that looks really good. You mean Urukai? Uh, sure. Isn't that? Aren't those a separate? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. What orcs were ones? there? I don't. I forget what even an orc is. The the Urukai are like the bigger guys, I think. Well, uh, this is the Lord of the Rings <laughs> now episode. It'll permanently be stained by Lord of the Rings nerddom. Um, yeah, I think uh, just Ian McKellen's performance in that movie alone is kind of worth the the ticket. Yeah, and I I guess it's like one of the few movies that uh, the guy who Viggo Mortensen mm-hmm. seems like one of the few movies he doesn't do like full frontal nudity. <laughs> Where's the director's What cut? else has he done full frontal nudity? Um, he was in a... There's this movie he did very recently where he's like Captain Fantastic. Is that what it's called? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my god, that's... He's like, I was watching it on a plane 
and uh on my laptop and then there's just a shot where he like walks out of a bus completely naked <laughs> and i was like oh fuck luckily there was like no one on the plane but yeah uh and then uh in eastern promises he was also yeah, fighting the, the in a bathhouse fight. naked that was pretty great yeah it just felt really like naked fight Surprisingly, he wasn't naked in a history of violence, but I feel like that would be appropriate for that movie. Yeah, that seems like a like lanky, um, very sinewy guy naked scene movie. And the, actually, there's also a deleted scene in uh, Green Book where he exposes himself. <laughs> to oh my god! <laughs> oh gosh! Keep it in your pants, Vigo. <laughs> he's just every movie he's on. How is there any way I could? Show my dick <laughs> in this scene. It's like, no, how many times do I have to tell you? Uh, Don't squash his craft, okay? Don't let the man <laughs> do what he needs to do to act. He's a method. Method actor. <laughs> well, awesome. Lord of the Rings. Check it out if you haven't heard of it. Up and coming director uh, <laughs> directing that. Uh, I watched something really cool. Uh, a movie called Damsel. Uh, directed by the Zellner brothers, I think, and written by the Zellner brothers. Uh, either of you heard of Damsel with Mia oh. Wasikowski and Robert Pattinson? Huh, maybe. When did it come out? Oh, yeah. It's from a couple years ago, I think uh, 2018, and it's a Western. It's like a Western comedy. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I did. it looked funny from the trailers. It's really good, and it's a movie. I I wouldn't want to give away too much. It's basically Robert Pattinson's on a rescue mission for his uh, wife to be, and uh, it's Robert Pattinson trying to be a cowboy. So there's a lot of humor in that, but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, it's just it's so funny for a way that like i don't e- i couldn't even want to spoil and we always say we're a very spoilery show but there's been a few movies that we refuse to spoiler sure damsel is one of them i'm not saying there's any like crazy twist but it just you want to experience it and if you just want to laugh at goofy ass dudes <laughs> you don't know what the fuck they're doing it's a really fun western they don't know what they're doing from an acting perspective. Oh no, no, cowboys? It, as cowboys, as men, it's really, it's very much uh, an indictment on like a certain type of masculinity, and uh-huh. even by title alone, like if you can surmise, damsel, just the idea yeah. of deconstructing uh, that role of damsel. Sure, sure. Uh, it's very yeah. funny in that way, and it, it's basically like. I thought the movie was almost over, like, halfway in. And I was like, oh, wow. And then it kept going. Uh-huh. And I love when a movie does that. Yeah. It was very surprising. But I really knew nothing about it going into watching uh, it. How did you hear about it? Uh, it was so, I will admit, guilt of something. <laughs> uh, I am often guilty of only be- being the only one that chooses the movies that me and my girlfriend watch together. I do have a defense for this. So I I did, to make things fair, I created a system. If we could not agree on something to watch, we would flip a coin. Love it. And the winner got to choose, and they had to choose within five minutes. But the problem is, 
she would she doesn't often suggest movies straight up i suggest movies constantly i'm like we uh-huh. should watch this right now we should watch this right now of course i'm gonna have a big a big hit rate and plus i have to watch a lot of movies for research whether for this podcast or just for writing and things uh-huh. and filmmaking so there's things i really want to watch at the time Sure. But that being said, I'm a huge bitch about not watching what she wants to watch. <laughs> and I think she's been telling us to watch this movie for two years. <laughs> Have you, you hadn't seen a trailer for it before you watched it? Uh, we watched a bit of the trailer. Um, and I was like, ooh, that looks cool. But I don't. It was always some excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am saying, ultimately, despite my shields of why I, I won't watch your movies i am the villain and i understand that <laughs> and i should have watched it sooner I, th- really I thought you were gonna say in your def- when you're saying in your defense you're gonna say that uh demolition man after the 50th watch gets better and better <laughs> hey the, the if we flip the coin and i win then it's demolition man every time <laughs> I will say I did win twice in a row, so I gave the rule, if you win twice in a row, then you need to win two coin tosses in a row to get your choice. So there is fairness built in. (laughs) Uh, But Damsel, I would highly recommend it. I believe it's on Hulu right now. Um, So if you have subscribed to Hulu, you can go watch it. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Huge. I think everybody here would really enjoy this, that that movie. Um, And then what else have you been watching, Lexi? Uh, another show that I just caught up on that I just went nuts for, uh, is Succession on HBO. Mm. I think it's HBO. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Season one. I don't think I've, how many seasons are there total right now? Two? Just two so far. Then I've only seen one season one and season two episode one. Okay. Oh my God. It's amazing. It's so fun. I just loved all the characters. I thought the pacing was great. The acting was great. The writing was great. I just, uh, I loved it. And um, are you an Adam McKay fan? Uh, Especially new Adam McKay? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Adam McKay is a very talented producer. Um, Does he direct as well? He directs, right? He directs. I don't know how much of Succession he directs. Yeah. I'm sure he probably snipes an episode here or there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, didn't, wait, didn't he also do, did he do Escape at Danamora? Mm, uh, I don't think he produced that. That was uh, okay. all Ben Stiller. That was all Ben Stiller, because I just recently watched that as well. Um, yes, I, yeah, I think Adam McRae is great. Yeah, um, it's it's fun to see, like, still his sensibility of kind of, of comedy and the silliness and dirtiness, but put through this kind of more adult lens. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it really kind of straddled that nicely between just the absurdism of these people's lives um, that probably no one can relate to, and then, you know, the seriousness that they're taking everything with. Yeah, and I could almost see, like, the Anchorman version of Succession. Like, you wouldn't need to change anything other than scene-by-scene tone. Mm -hmm. Like, just ratchet it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but the fact that he's able to kind of, like, achieve that while not being so goofy. Like, it comes to mind the scene in season one when um, the the one guy uh, eats his own cum at a party. 
And that is so, like, just gliding right under the radar of, like, <laughs> a stepbrothers putting your balls on a drum kit. Humor. Yeah, but exactly. It's, it's sitting such in the pocket of, like, the classiest version of that stupid joke. Yes. It's just, it's almost recontextualizing. Um, yeah, that was so funny. Was that the party when they were in... It, when it wasn't it someone's bachelor party and they went into some underground Tom, yeah. Tom's Tom Wom's yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, they had to go like yes. um, to a train track to, to oh, go to this yes. party. Yeah. And he was soaked about it. He's like, I drink my own gum. Yeah, and they're all like trying to make him feel No, yeah, that's sick, dude. No, that's <laughs> yeah. sick. No one's that, shitting on that, him. Did he even ask, does that make me gay? Yeah, yeah. He was, like, insecure about it, but they still, like, pumped him up. Yeah, There was yeah, something yeah. oddly beautiful about that. Oh, like, my God. Like, just this agreement between them that, like, no, let's right. make Tom feel fucking good. Yeah. To... Oh, my God. So crazy. Um, like, so who... did you uh, did you watch all of it yeah, recently? Yeah, I finished season one and season two recently, yes. Oh, wow. So you just binged straight through that. Binged them, baby. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's just such an easy show to binge, too, because, you know, you're just always craving the next episode because the setups are pretty good. And it was so weird to watch. It was so weird to watch Kieran Culkin. Uh, just having having grown up with Macaulay, it's you know like this family is just this iconic Hollywood family, and all of a sudden Kieran just comes out of the woodwork, and mm. he's like this great actor. Like what? It's his time to shine. It's his time. <laughs> like why does Macaulay Culkin look as bad as he does? Yet I, like is like no, I had no trauma when I was a child actor. It's like dude, you look like you do. You I'm did. sure he <laughs> did. I mean, child actors. It's the best kept Hollywood secret, man. They get. Who knows what those kids like, experience? Kieran seems fine. Kieran seems pretty smooth. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Comp- uh, by looks alone, I'm sure there's something happening. I there. mean, his his character was interesting. I love the uh, kind of sub. I wouldn't even call it subtext, but the you know a kind of uh, what did, he started realizing that he had what was it kind of like light. It wasn't light BDSM, but he had. How would you describe his? fascination or his sexual attraction for the older woman who worked at the company that the family had known forever kind of like yeah he was he was messing around with the kind of sub dom aspects of his sexuality which was really really interesting power play in a way yeah for someone who is usually much in power exactly it's disgusting yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) have you seen it chris uh yeah yeah I've seen both seasons. Oh man, loved it. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. I do want to watch season two. I think the only reason I didn't watch it is because I didn't have really HBO at the time that it came out, um, and I've just been sniping a little bit of HBO here and there whenever I can from other yeah. accounts. Dude, I don't have HBO either. You got You got to get a friend with HBO Go. <laughs> I know. I don't. I I don't. I should just pay the fifteen bucks or whatever because it's not that bad, and you get a pretty good library. It's only yeah, fifteen no, bucks for Max. Is Max fifteen bucks now? Yeah, I believe Max is fifteen bucks a month. Because like it has like everything and way more too, including uh, like all the Criterion Collection movies are on it. Yeah, get there's, out. There's a really good library, and Get Out's on that too. <laughs> is there a Criterion Collection <laughs> along with Armageddon? Wow. 
that movie's on Criterion Collection somehow. I don't know. I gotta get Max. If you have one of the other ones, you're supposed to be able to like upgrade for free. Whoever owns the account, you can just tell them. Sweet. So they transfer it. All right. Yeah. You get all the WB stuff too, including like all the Harry Potters and stuff like that. Do you nice. get the animated maniacs? <laughs> the animated maniacs? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that's on there. All right. For a second, I thought you were gonna say anime. And I was like, oh shit, is Joe in the anime? I certainly you... am, yeah. <laughs> did you hear that Studio Ghibli just went, what did it go to? Quibi? Or no, no, HBO. Oh yeah, what... it is on HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I unearthed some of my old DVDs in a uh, bin, and there was a bunch of the Studio Ghibli ones that I bought. The Cat Returns, Porco Rosso. They have some good special features on a couple of those as well. Nice. Those, those films are so special. They're, they're just good. They're just fucking good. Oh, yeah. I saw them on today, actually. Usually, they're really expensive to buy on Blu-ray. But uh, today, I saw them for like 12 or 13 bucks. It's like the cheapest I've ever seen. Usually, they're always like 25 bucks. Damn, yeah, that is really... That's worth getting. Yeah. And I want to shout out Right Stuff Anime and um, Shout Factory. Um, if you can, buy your Blu-rays and DVDs there. They often have sales and... You know, if you're someone who's slowly trying to wean yourself off Amazon, uh, those are some good ways to get your Blu-rays and DVDs. Noted. Thank you. Do people still buy DVDs? That's still a thing? I do. I do for the special features and sometimes for movies that I really like because yeah. uh, there are there are issues with digital rights and uh. how that can be, that can slip away from you and something, you don't really own it. Gotcha. Unless well, you rip it. When you're saying, do you still buy DVDs? Did you mean like DVDs and Blu-rays or just DVDs because they're old? And... No, I, I, I mean both in terms okay. of just having, okay. having a tangible disc that you can pop into a, you know, a player. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Blu-rays, I don't know if you've used a Blu-ray in a while or have like a 4K Blu-ray player or something like that, but they do look like uh, a lot of the streams will say like 4K, whatever. But if you put in a 4K Blu-ray, it does look significantly better than huh. the streaming version of it, even though it says yeah. it's 4K quality. Yeah, you okay. can't really trust, like, I'm not going to trust my internet to fucking <laughs> give me 4K or Blu-ray quality. Um, so a lot of movies that I think, like, I really like the look of, I'll definitely buy on Blu-ray. Sure. But yeah. there's so many sales on iTunes. I'm an iTunes whore. I'll just like, oh, it's on sale for four ninety nine. I'll buy it. Yeah. I Same. like a movie. Um, Chris, what about you? What else have you been watching? Uh, no, for me, that's pretty much it. Okay, then I can talk about porno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really did watch porno, which is the unfortunate title to a uh, Fangoria-produced film. Um, it's about a bunch of... Uh, uh, Christian movie theater workers who unleash a succubus that's in a film reel and the succubus comes after them. Uh, and so have you guys heard of porno at all? No. No. I so, mean, I've heard of porn. Yes, and maybe even porno <laughs> if you're from the 70s and like your low saturated color pornos. <laughs> 
but I had heard about it just in the uh, the horror film circles because Fangoria, I subscribed to them. Uh, there was a article called, um, I believe the title was Porno is a Faith-Based Film or something like that. Uh, I'll have to link it in the show notes. And I was like, that's really interesting because it's a movie called Porno and seems pretty like gory and stuff. Uh, but I was surprised how much it is a faith-based film, it being about Christians who get attacked by the succubus. Uh, so it's not really about them like learning about being devil worshippers or something. It's like their faith gets challenged and they are still Christian at the end of it. Uh, so that part, that was weird. I was like, oh, wow, this is like, I think unintentionally they made this faith-based film that also has the one of the most goriest penis uh i get effect scenes i've ever seen Wait, can you go into details what? so yes i would say th- so the whole movie is worth watching for one it's movie theater nostalgia these people are working in a movie theater kind of like cool. hey you guys get to play a movie at midnight because you worked well this week I'll let you guys close up and just kind of feeling the excitement of that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, and then this one effect scene where basically it's a succubus. So this will be spoilery, but this is one of those you just have to see it fucking anyway. And I bought it on iTunes. So I'll give you my iTunes username and password. Any fan, <laughs> any fan will have access to my account. But, uh, she basically makes his balls explode. The succubus does. How? Well, she will make you horny. So horny that you end up dying if you come. I believe the rules of the film are if you come, you die. She's able to kill you. So this guy, this guy's super straight edge, doesn't do anything, doesn't have sex, all that. And then he's, he's like, biting her off. And he's, like, not even touching her and just, like, staying away. But then I believe he jizzes his pants and then his uh, his balls explode. Oh, my God. And one of the guys is like, I'll help you because he's bleeding out. I'll tie it off. And so he's trying to tie off this testicular explosion. <laughs> but it's just, like, as, as what... Exactly as you can imagine, you know, a testicle, like, it's just a hole. There's no tying anything off. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. And it's so, like, it made me hoot and holler. Wow. It's, oh, my God. It's really good. And That's it, that's a movie you kind of got to watch with other people. <laughs> I think it does help. It definitely would make it better. Uh and overall, it wasn't great, but just for those two reasons and to support, um, you know, this independent Fangoria film, although um, I do want to acknowledge there were some recent things come to light about the head of Cinestate who owns Fangoria, um, a producer, gosh, I wish I'll pull up his name while one of you are talking at some point, but basically he is a dirtbag, he is a harasser, he is what they're calling the Harvey Weinstein of indie movies in oh, Dallas. No. Uh, and unfortunately, that guy owns Cinestate, which owns things like Fangoria and has produced some of my, some movies I've really loved. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the stance for this show is fuck that guy. And, you know, sorry to the, the people he hurt and the creators that are intertwined with him 
for being a shithead. Uh, so I do want to mention that about the movie porno, unfortunately, about supporting it, just so people know whether or not they want to want to dig into that. But Fangoria is run by good people, uh, as far as I know. Got it. Just, Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I wouldn't feel good about brushing over that, but I also don't feel <laughs> great about having to say it. Glad you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know before I watched the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about all I watched. Anything else, Lexi, for you? Uh, last night I watched, well, I just saw that, speaking of Criterion Collection, they are highlighting films um, that focus on black lives, which is awesome. And one of the films. Um, that I watched that they have on their channel for free, I believe, is called The Watermelon Woman, which was a movie about um, uh, it was about a black lesbian filmmaker. I think it was played by Cheryl Dunn, who also directed it. And she and this was, I think, maybe nine. I don't uh, know the year, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, probably nineteen eighties. Um, but anyway, she she. You know, she's uh, discovers she's watching like a 1940s movie and she discovers an uncredited black actress billed in the credits, not by her name, but as the watermelon woman. And so as a filmmaker, she's kind of, you know, intrigued almost to the point of obsession. And she starts to make a documentary about searching for who this actress was. And she um, just tries to uncover it and. You know, through interviewing certain people, she finds out that she, I believe, was hanging out in the the Philadelphia scene. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was uh, kind of like a, a cool blend between narrative mixing in with her documentary as she's making it. Interesting. So is it a fiction or is it a documentary? I believe it's fiction. Okay, but shot like a mockumentary, which is very apt. Which is very apt. This could be a wonderful segue into Killing Gunther, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't. It, it wove in and out. It wasn't the whole thing. wasn't shot like a documentary. There was definitely you know narrative, live action coverage in the way you'd expect. But then we would go into, you know, if she's filming a subject in her documentary, we, we would see, the viewer would see that through the the you know, camera lens of the documentary perspective. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it looks like I'm cool. looking it up. It's 1996. 96. Sorry, I said oh. 70s or 80s. It looks old. <laughs> may, that's maybe a testament to the look they were going for, but that looks, it looks really interesting. I mean, it was really, it was fun. It was with it the whole way. It was, it was great. It was cute. It was lovely. It was uh, just, I love a movie that moves, you know, there was no meat that needed to be trimmed. It was just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me a nice, like, 86-minute movie, and hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm there. I mean, the second you're watching a movie and you feel the urge to reach for your phone, bad sign. Yes. Bad That's sign. That's true. Avoid at all costs. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, very good. That Since that is a mockumentary, it is a good segue to our feature review of the movie Killing Gunther. All right, before we jump into this review of Killing Gunther, I kind of want to know your guys' stance on Arnold Schwarzenegger, both kind of as 
his old older movies and now like newer movies he's been in. Um, there's been quite a few kind of like lower budget movies. He's been. I, I want to know if those have been on your radar at all, and your general vibes on Arnold. So, Lexi, where are you with Arnold? I mean, God, what a life this guy's had from yeah. bodybuilder to <laughs> bodybuilder to celebrity governor of California. I think he's kind of a ridiculous person. I mean. Sure, he's a likable guy. I mean, he's a classic actor, obviously, from Terminator, you know, in those movies. Sure, I don't mind him, but... Instincts of this nature. Yeah, like, he's just such a unique figure and actor. Um, But I can't say that I follow his career, you know. I don't know of, you know, much that he's been in post being a governor of california except for the weird videos he posted of petting his reindeer or his donkeys in his kitchen did you see oh, that yeah. So <laughs> yeah that was crazy <laughs> he's got pet you know pet i think they're donkeys he's got pet donkeys like i think he's a what, man that's his, he's yeah. a man who realizes how ridiculous even he is but does he i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I, so, I don't mind him. I've got no qualms with him. I don't, again, I don't, I haven't really followed his acting career post being a politician. What what else has he been in? So, there's been a, a few movies he's been in the past, like, five years, like, um, The Standoff, I believe, and uh, Maximum. Oh, the, the Last Stand? The Last Stand. Right. And then there's a prison movie. Yeah, movie. Escape Plan. Yeah, and also uh, a movie that was sp- supposed to be very good where his daughter's a zombie. <laughs> yeah. That checks out. Like, he's actually had quite an interesting, like, choose them carefully uh, set of movies in the last five, six years. But is it safe to say that, like, your relationship with Arnold and his acting is, yeah, you know he's a big deal from the classics, but you could kind of care less if he's going to be in a movie these days. I just don't think he's that good of an actor. Yeah. Right. Well, watch what you say, but uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Chris, how about you as far as um, Arnold past and present? Yeah, I just, uh, I feel like ever since he's not been governor anymore, the kind of roles he's taken aren't the roles like he used to take. So it's it's, it's not hard man. to say he's doing anything worth our time anymore now because... It's always like a lot of indie movies like that. The Last Stand is kind of like a indie action movie almost, yeah. you know, they're, they're not the level he used to do. He's and Bruce so Willis it's like, thing. yeah, he's not, he's not doing anything serious enough. That's that I would put it on par with his old movies, but I know he's doing a, they're supposed to be doing a Conan movie with him another one and i'm yeah like an old like he's old now and everything so i I just hope that they're gonna take it seriously because all of his movies now are just kind of these jokey self-aware exactly referential movies yeah it's always like arnold knows he's playing arnold yeah yeah or it's a terminator movie where he's like in it for 10 minutes yeah it's pretty obvious with his most recent movies that he doesn't want to work more than like six days <laughs> yeah it's pretty clear yeah that like 
in an hour and a half long movie, he's coming in around a minute, an hour ten. Like, exactly. That's his moment <laughs> to come in. Pops, pops in for his cameo, gets his per diem, probably doesn't leave L.A. Which I think, you know, I would surmise comes from just not wanting to do that, not wanting to do a 30-day shoot on a movie. I mean, he probably doesn't even need to. He doesn't financially. need to. And, yeah, and I don't think, like, he doesn't need to prove himself, certainly. And exactly. He's, he's old. You know, he has other interests than being that, but he still loves to act. So he's doing these roles that are Bruce Willising, where he's, like, you know, spending, getting paid and spending three days on set. Exactly. And being the guy on the poster. Yep. So I definitely still get excited if I know Arnold's going to be in a movie. I don't <laughs> watch all of them because they usually get panned. And I don't... Sometimes it doesn't seem like Arnold's doing anything that I want to see Arnold do. But I still get excited when he's mm-hmm. going to be in something. And I was especially excited seeing the trailer for this movie. I think I got through 20 seconds of the trailer and said, okay, I'm in. <laughs> now, as far as how that translates later, I will wait for my opinions on that. But now that we have kind of established our uh, thoughts on Arnold, let's get into our general thoughts on the movie. Lexi, what are your general thoughts on this movie? Did you like it? This is supposed to be spoiler-free, right? Yeah, spoiler-free. Just kind of like the the most uh, general what you want to say about it, uh, whether you like it or not. I mean, I again, I I saw the trailer as well, and you can tell from the trailer what kind of movie it's what kind of movie it is. Like it. Note: (laughs) I turned the trailer off after the twenty seconds. If if you saw it for twenty seconds, I think it's a very different movie outlook than. Yeah, yeah, that's the the trailer. I will note. I watched 20 <laughs> seconds and turned it off because I was sold. So I did not see, I did not know anything about it. Going, going yeah, but that's the thing. thing. You don't even need to know what the movie's about. You can just tell that it's going to be ridiculous and goofy. And you, yeah. you know, I didn't you even know, know it was a mockumentary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I didn't know, you know it all until, but, <laughs> but continue. Just so you know, that's kind of where I was at. Okay, gotcha. I thought I thought in general it was fine. Like I said, you know, I knew going into it it would be kind of stupid and and but I mean, it was it was shot relatively fine and you know, it didn't I wasn't kind of like god, when is this going to end? It, it was okay. It was it was fun knowing that it was just kind of goofy and stupid. It was fine. It was just wa- fine. It was fine. Would I watch it again? No. Taron Killam, we should mention it's Taron Killam's uh, directorial debut of SNL fame. Of SNL, uh, right? And it actually, it was made in 2017, yeah. but I don't think yeah. it had like a, a a big release until this Netflix thing. <laughs> um, yeah. But just to, to mention that Taron Killam uh, being the director... Uh, so you were very lukewarm on it, kind of felt like it served exactly... It was basically like a... Uh, uh a taco truck taco it was a taco truck taco actually you know i i do want to take that back for myself because i love i think there are some fantastic taco truck tacos Uh, it was a uh a greasy truck stop burger it was a subway sandwich it was i mean yeah subway i was gonna say if you're gonna stick with the taco metaphor maybe like maybe like a burrito like a frozen burrito 
Oh wow. Like That's cold. A, a good quality frozen burrito or a lean cuisine. Oh, is it like no. a <laughs> Well, that's that is your opinion to have. I mean, I've never compared movies to food, so don't don't take my word for this stuff. It can be hard, so yeah. Uh, is it is it like a Taco Bell taco? Uh, I mean, I would no, I wouldn't put it as low as fast food. It was it was better than that. It was still fun. It was still ridiculous. I had some laugh out loud moments. Okay, so you, yeah, you did enjoy yourself. You weren't sure. Insane. Sure. Good to know. And Chris, what about you? What were your opinions on Killing Gunther? Uh, I think I have very similar opinions. I don't think I ever like really laughed that much, but I don't. I wouldn't say like this movie's <laughs> not funny. It's just kind of like nothing about it is really great. I think. Right. But uh, but it is totally what I would expect from a Netflix only release of a some sort of comedy that has Arnold on the front that I've never heard of. <laughs> like this is totally what that movie would be. Yeah, at the at the one time that it's being exactly what you want it to be, it's also not what you want it to be at all. <laughs> You're like, oh, I guess I want to <laughs> see Predator quotes, but I kind of fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Alright, so pretty lukewarm from you as well. I guess yeah. I'll uh, I'll read the short summary from my letterboxed review of it. This is Taron Killam's Christopher Guest movie. The action movie sheen doesn't mix well with the humor, and some of the jokes feel like already well-tread ground. But a bold performance from Arnold makes it all worth it. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, I think there's so much fun to the Arnold bit that you could truly just skip to an hour and seven minutes <laughs> in and watch that. Or maybe watch like the first five minutes of the movie, get what's going on, and then watch when he gets there and you'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy it. I, I, not knowing it was going to be a mockumentary, I was kind of thrown on my heels about five minutes in. Mm -hmm. like Because it does start with obviously like hidden footage of Taron Killam. Now we're in spoilers. <laughs> it's the first shot though, so who cares? But uh, uh hidden footage of him killing someone. But movies do that, you know, that happens. So then once it actually went to him talking to the camera, I was like, what the fuck is going on? So maybe <laughs> I should watch trailers all the way through. <laughs> uh I did enjoy myself. It does overstay its welcome. It could probably be 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. And I did think a lot of the jokes just did feel like they must, this movie must have been made in 2017 and written in 2013. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, that isn't always a death sentence to comedy. Obviously, comedy can age well, but there's certain jokes even that we've seen. Like, th there's every joke in here has probably been a Brooklyn Nine Nine joke. Right. That's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I just loved Arnold in it and uh, thought Taron Killam uh, was trying his Christopher Guest thing, but I didn't really like the way it looked because it, it did look good, but it didn't make anything funnier because it mm -hmm. just looked too polished. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't really find the funny like Christopher Guest style 
things that were happening to be funny. Yeah. So moving into spoilers, uh, let's let's get into like moments we can uh, that you liked or disliked, and uh, talk talk a little bit more about specific things. Um, yeah. The... Um, go for it, Joe. Or sorry, Chris. Chris. Oh, I, well. I mean, I think the biggest thing about this movie, right, is just that Arnold is in it for only like ten minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. I marked when it uh, when he comes in, and it is an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, and the movie is an hour and thirty, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. With credits. A third act cameo. <laughs> yeah, and it is really like the pure action of him is probably about ten minutes. Where he's yeah. Really in it. Yeah, the trailer definitely makes made it seem like okay, he's really not in this movie that much, even though it's all about him, them wanting to kill him. But I just wish that they did more jokes or bits about him not being in the movie. You know, because they kept doing this, these scenes where they're chasing him, but it's really just they show, oh, it's it's actually Taron Killam. Yeah, yeah. But it's, he's using his face, and it's just this dude in a hoodie. And he's even the woman who has sex with one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, that, just... The movie's so <laughs> silly to believe that he w- was effectively those women. And those characters. Yeah. Oh, the bartender. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the movie, like, at that point just doesn't give a fuck. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh and for God. something so rooted in realism to be a mockumentary, and for <laughs> that to be true, it's a rubber mask. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely a good bit. Yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, I just... I just wished that they did more jokes about him not being in the movie because I feel like that is a big part of anyone who would go to watch this. Yeah. They're going to be like, okay, where's Arnold? Hour in, they're like, oh, he's still not here. Yeah, I thought he was going to come in sooner for sure from the 20 seconds of the trailer I saw. Yeah, because, I mean, they show at the end, like, they did some random throwaway shots of, of him to add context to things. And it's like... They couldn't have just had those shots, some of those, in the movie throughout. I don't know. Yeah, like, because I guess they're like, oh, we don't want to break the reality that he had a hi- hired a documentary crew as well. Like, right. who cares? This yeah. whole thing doesn't make sense. It's yeah. a castle <laughs> built of sand. Like, just have it. Have exactly. the footage. Plus, plus, the documentary isn't filming and airing in real time. Exactly. That's the the whole time I was sort of wondering what is the point? Like does <laughs> does making it a mockumentary or not add anything to the story? If it wasn't cuz it wasn't filmed like a mockumentary. Yeah, it was filmed yeah. so well and so Exactly. Like yeah, you said, it was so polished. That, like, all, you, you never know what perspective you're in if it's just the narrative or the mockumentary part, like the interviews. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous to think that these killers would have the crew around, that their <laughs> missions would even feasibly go well with the crew around. And I also think if you're going to include characters that are clearly making a documentary of a heist, Milk, use those characters, because then this, it's more more of a well-rounded perspective, you know, or at least someone to have input of how ridiculous this is. 
yeah, and you, kinda, you only get that at the end. It's very minimal away. reflection from the filmmakers. Yeah, it, it could have been way more interesting. I think if if those guys were characters more earlier on. Yeah, yeah, I think That's it is. Much. It's trying to take that like Christopher Guest approach to the mockumentary, but with a situation that unfortunately is like it's too heavy to apply to that, like contract killers who are like who are just shadows they wouldn't feasibly do this and none of them look good at what they do either no so it just like doesn't make sense versus you take something like the uh the dog trainers um in uh, best of show Mm -hmm. they're all really good like nothing about being on camera hinders what how good they are at training dogs but the mere presence of the crew hinders the fact that these people are even good at being assassins. Right, right. This is my TED Talk, and <laughs> this is my fight song. The whole movie kind of has a weird vibe that I do kind of like, though, like with the rock intro for the credits. And it has all, like, the jokes, like newspaper re- uh, clippings, like the uh-huh. murders koalas. <laughs> like, don't forget that Gunther murdered a pack of endangered koalas. That's what it says on those credits. But it's like this rock music that just feels so, like, when when did you edit this? Yeah. But I kind of liked it, too. Well, that's the whole part that I was wondering if Taryn, is that how you say his name? Taryn? Yeah. If Taryn was doing that intentionally, it seems like the film is making fun of itself for being a parody of those older movies. Yeah, there's something to like even the machismo of the the rock music and exactly. But it's yeah. I don't think it lays enough into it too to like be like, oh, we are doing that. That's the thing. It's like exactly because it doesn't lay enough into it you don't know if it's if it's just an older movie like you said that was written a while ago or if it's just bad yeah like i feel like corny a uh pop star never stopped popping or whatever never stopped stopping that will any generation could enjoy that it just feels so true yeah Versus this does feel a little bit like, oh, I don't know if you laid it. You didn't let us know that you were in on the joke enough. Right. We gotta right. know. Uh, and some of the effects are a little not so great. They're, they're awful. <laughs> awful. I just watched my friend's short film last night, which was very good. And it had effects. And it had like people getting shot effects. Had explosions. Yeah. And it looked better than this movie. <laughs> and the Photoshop of of characters, like that kind of baffles me. In which way? Like, like when you have the money to make a movie and your effects just don't add up. Yeah, it's and it's supposed to be a mockumentary, so we need to buy into the reality. Right. Those pictures need to look real. The violence needs to look real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing with this movie is the whole time I I was never invested in the world. The whole time you know it's such a joke 
that I'm what what other ways you know would you be kind of like hooked right away it's just so ridiculous it's so absurd I mean just the plot alone you know regardless of how it looks it's just silly yeah it's just something the incongruency of like those types of characters hiring a documentary crew just never quite sat well right there was plenty I liked though there was a lot of stuff I liked like Ashley can we talk about (laughs) Ashley you mean the character that keeps dying or he only died once but he has like four lines he was so good when he leaves the hospital for the first time like you can feel like feel his blood pressure lowering as he's (laughs) walking and talking whatever he's doing is probably some of the best acting i've seen all year of just someone (laughs) who's slowly losing it oh man yeah that was great (laughs) <laughs> it was hilarious yeah even the way he killed the guy when they do cut to his his assassination that he does just these slow knife stabs so confident though i love it i don't even think he had a knife in his hand when he was doing that it was... it was just the the sound effects <laughs> there was nothing in his hand the vfx uh department was very confident in what they could do Oh just maybe not ready. Uh, but yep. yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, a lot of the violence I did find funny, and I did think the office chase scene was really good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think of that chase scene where they think they have Gunther trapped in an office building? And I believe a lot of it's single takes with some tricky camera yeah. movement. Yeah, that's one thing. I, the entire movie has a lot of these like single take see action scenes that i thought was like pretty impressive for just being the way it is Uh yeah i thought that like especially this one was really good i almost wish it was a little like worse looking camera or had Mm -hmm. maybe a more of a i don't know home video feel Mm mm-hmm I think it would make everything play more. But that being said, it was all super, like, exciting and gave that feeling of, like, you can't touch Gunther. You just can't get him. Can't even see him. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny because the whole time I was watching that scene, (laughs) it's, for those of us who haven't seen it, it's a guy wearing a hood. We never see his face. So the whole time I'm thinking, oh... They just had Schwarzenegger for, you know, maybe like a day or two to film his scenes. And they had to figure out a way to film Gunther without showing his face because it's obviously not Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And I guess it's not like sometimes it's other people that he hires anyway. So. Body double. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, He reveals that later, right? When he's saying like, oh, is that my driver and my assistant? Right, right. Yeah, they killed them too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he. I mean, we're in spoiler territory, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like, even in the very end of the movie, it shows him getting shot and killed, but then it's still not even him. At the end, at his when he's at the in where was he Austria? Yeah, yeah. But doesn't he come back to life with the with the bulletproof? What was he wearing? Some bomb attached to his stomach or something? Yeah, he had, like, a bomb strapped to him. It blows up. And then it shows later, like, he's somewhere else. 
So it's like that. Even that guy was probably just someone else wearing a mask of him or something. What's with the masks? Like that's such a <laughs> that's such a cheap way of telling a story. Like it wasn't me, and he just takes it off, and it's some woman. What? Oh, wasn't yeah? Wasn't there some scene at the end when some woman looks to camera and blinks? Yeah, he winks? said he set uh, Kobe Smalders' character up with a douchebag right at the wedding. Yeah. That was his, like, dastardly plan with her, was to sit her up with a douchebag, <laughs> which should be mentioned. No wonder Kobe Smulders is in it. She's married to Taron Killam. Yeah. Yeah. I do think her character is treated pretty poorly, considering, like, she was an assassin. She's just as badass as everybody, <laughs> but really hardly gets a chance to act like it, except in one moment. But other than that, like, <laughs> dude, them. Joe, when you're out, you're out, man. She doesn't yeah. kill anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Fair point for Colby Smulders. <laughs> Do you think? I feel like uh, she has less screen time than Arnold does in this movie, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. But do you think it's because she's a bigger star than him, though? You know, there's right. a lot of those things, too, because, like, who who knows when this was made and what project she was working on. Um, oh, that's true, 2017. And, of course, like, yeah, I'm going to be in your movie, honey. I'll give <laughs> you whatever fucking time I can, you know. Just, <laughs> uh, and Taron Killam is doing very well with this, like, manic energy. I, yeah. I do think he has his moments of brilliance in this. It's not always a great performance, but like when he says, <laughs> Picture of my ties, he's just so <laughs> fucking unhinged that yeah. I had to applaud him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, every time he's uh, crying for one of his friends dying, yeah. he's always pretty great. Exactly. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely. Like, it's not a Will Forte, but it's, like, in the same genus as a Will Forte. But mm-hmm. it definitely is doing its own thing. But it is that type of, like... Uh, yeah, definitely got the same those same MacGruber vibes from his screaming. Yeah, like this... I guess it's just, like, that certain type of toxic masculinity of, like, a, the weenie guy's toxic masculinity. <laughs> uh, and I always find that pretty funny. And he has his own take on it of this that picture of my ties line is just too good i i do uh i do have a a, a nitpicky problem with when uh writer directors who are comedians put like a karaoke or singing scene yes i'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> Did i not feel work. like and as as someone who like has done live comedy and like will do like comedic singing I know I'd also be the asshole starring in my own movie being like, yeah, it's funny when I sing this song, so I'll sing this song. But it also just feels so dorky knowing he wrote and directed it and was like, I'll do this like really impassioned, funny song. But the song isn't even good. Like, have you guys ever seen the Skeleton Twins? No, I haven't. Oh, if you get a chance, check out the Skeleton Twins. It's with um, Kristen Wiig and uh, Bill Hader. And they had this amazing scene where they play siblings and they start lip syncing together. And it sort of plays like a music video because they're lip syncing, but it just works because the song is so good and the dancing is so good. 
But like, I don't know. No one wants to see anybody dancing and celebrating if it's not. It just doesn't move the story forward at all. It's yeah, not... and it just feels too much like, look at me. I think it's really interesting that I sing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little self-serving. So, and I feel bitchy even saying that, but we do want to say it's. No, weird. but it gives you it gives you that kind of cringy feeling of like, Ooh, what is this? What's the point of this? Yeah, I think yeah. if I didn't know that he directed and wrote it, then maybe I would be less cringe on it. But I also like, don't like singing scenes in movies anyway. But there's a way to do it right, and if it's done right, you know, you know, like I don't know. I mean, if if this kind of a movie, if they could have done it, you know, filmed it in slow mo and just really milk the absurd absurdist aspect of it you could just have like it's a celebratory scene everyone starts making out and it just gets escalated in terms of just being more and more nuts that could be fun but it was just people dancing right as he sings the song on stage something it was too it didn't the levels weren't there gotta watch your levels everybody gotta gotta heighten if it's if you know if the levels are high, you gotta bring it up. You, uh, you know this the scene at the end where he's infiltrating uh, Gunther's house and they're using night vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. for way too long. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I just like when he's in there. He's like he's like whispering like Gunther, Gunther, <laughs> and that's totally that's exactly like in the uh, those movies where the SEALs Team Six goes after Osama. Oh, right. I, I never saw that. I, yeah, it's just like that's like a bit I know of from some uh, people joking about it, but because in those movies they go Osama, like he's gonna <laughs> fucking answer them. Oh, oh my god! So, I'm Osama. pretty sure that was like a callback to that. So I I caught that. I was just like, oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Come right. out, come out wherever you are. <laughs> Maybe he should have said Osama. <laughs> then we would have known it was a joke. Uh, but yeah the last like glorious 20 minutes with Arnold's are definitely fun I did like Arnold's kind of doing his thing and just being this like super surprised and like gleeful killer <laughs> wow yeah. I shot him yeah just like a child <laughs> exactly he's like yeah I think maybe if he if he was actually in the entire movie I think it would have made the movie a lot better with his oh, yeah. him being the villain and being at that level of charisma yeah kind of like bring a an added layer to it cuz at the end it seems like okay this is what i came here for and i do i am actually enjoying this yeah. yeah yeah totally like you wish they would have all throughout the film cut between the two documentary crews yeah and like okay they did that so what's he doing and just having the fun of knowing that the situation's going to go bad for yeah. them. I mean, I felt like I got a little bit of that payoff at the end when we retrace every sort of attempt that they tried to kill him. And it's like, oh, Arnold was there. He was on the roof. He was behind the door. That's kind of fun. But what was the point of him saying, hey, I actually have a documentary crew on you guys <laughs> if we never see any of that footage? just at the end yeah yeah when we already have access to him exactly and it wasn't quite like a noises off type of thing where uh that's like the play where it shows the play 
and crazy shit happens during a play, but then it shows you what happened backstage that led mm-hmm. to the crazy shit that happens. Right. It's not quite like that where it recontextualizes anything. It's like, hey, remember when he shot that guy in the head and shot him with an RPG? <laughs> well, he shot that guy and then shot him with an RPG. There was no like, oh, actually, I didn't mean to shoot him in the head. I meant to do that. You know, like, it doesn't add anything. You're like, yeah, we knew it was Gunther who did that. Now you're just showing us exactly. Gunther doing that. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> add something to it. Yeah, which is which are the best parts of it when he reveals like, oh, I was that woman that slept with you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. that's the kind of stuff. And it was all inconsequential. Was the, the yeah? Problem. It's like, hey, remember that thing that didn't matter? That's when <laughs> I did something cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. He's like, I'm the one who made you sing that entire song. <laughs> really is the villain. I thought he was going to be Kobe Smulders the whole time, which <laughs> I actually would have tipped my hat respect. Yeah, that would have yeah. been awesome. Hey, Spickman. All right, any final thoughts about this movie? Anything else you want to add about it? Not, um, not really. Not for me. I mean, I one thing I will add actually is I did think that some of the disguises were hilarious. Like when they got off the plane, oh, the Jack White, oh, yeah. those <laughs> costumes and those wigs, and that one time then a little later on when um, Moynihan's character was in the park dressed up or disguised as a woman, <laughs> but clearly donning a facial. Beard. Oh, that was a great reveal. It was just on laughed out loud. That was great. <laughs> That one was really good. So some of the physical, or I guess props to, you know, I don't know, costumes. And that was just, I thought those disguises were hilarious. Yeah, there are good jokes in it. You yeah. know, we've been shitting on it a lot. But I actually, I'm probably a little more warm on this movie than you two. Yeah. I would show this movie to someone and expect them to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But I wouldn't show them the trailer. I actually wouldn't tell them Arnold's in it. Yeah, maybe that would have been better, not knowing and actually. That would have actually it would have amazing. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Because the whole time, the whole time you're waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the entire bit of the movie. I mean, I was saying earlier, it would have been nice if he was in it, but because he's not in it, he's so not in it. You don't know who it is until the very end. Exactly. Yeah, you don't know at all. Yeah, going in blind would have been much cooler. Yeah, so if you listen to this review and you and you're like you haven't seen it, what I would do is ask a friend to watch it with you, knowing Arnold's in it, but don't tell them. And yes. enjoy enjoy knowing our contextualization of it and the surprise that you're gonna give them. <laughs> and that's how the virus spreads. Um, yeah, I did enjoy it in in a lot of ways, but uh, of course, can always be nitpicky. Nitpicky. Uh, so why don't we talk about some double features? I do have two double feature ideas. Did you two uh, get to come up with any? Yeah, I have two two options as well. Cool. Let's hear it. Okay, they're very very different. One version you could pair this movie <laughs> with Masterminds. Have you guys ever seen that? Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it, but no, Zach that's... Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig oh, pairing yeah. it for an equally okay movie, also about <laughs> confident idiots attempting to do something overly sophisticated for them. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. good. And you know, that feels like a movie of just a bunch of friends have doing making a movie together, and so <laughs> does this one. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I think that could be a good pairing, a good cheese and wine pairing. But if you wanted to get a little bit more contrasty, I thought, you know what? What if you compared it with Ocean's Eleven? I know it's a heist movie, but it could, could be a good paradox just to see what it looks like when it's done smooth and sexy. Yeah, no, it, and this totally has heist movie elements. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they bring the team together, all that. I think that's a great choice. Uh, awesome. And Chris, how about you? Double feature? Um, earlier you said uh, you mentioned Popstar. Yeah. I think that, that would probably be a good double feature. But uh, what I was going to say is... Uh, another mockumentary that I actually really like is what we do in the shadows. Oh, so good. That's a great call. I thought, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe pairing that up, but fantastical um, worlds. Yeah. Yeah. With, with very dopey people that they're documenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful people made dopey. Yeah. And uh, uh, the other thing when you're saying, um, you guys are talking about, doing a double feature of friends together making a movie the the double feature would be grown-ups <laughs> <laughs> just no, for I'm, that i'll do that but yeah just in that aspect well three choices P- pick your poison uh i have two choices uh one double feature is the oath direct written and directed by ike Barinholtz who has a similar career trajectory to Taron Killam in that he was part of a long-running sketch show and then has this, uh, yeah, writes and directs his first movie. Um, so have you, either of you seen The Oath at all? No. No, I it's, haven't seen that. It basically was kind of a response to Trump. It's a, a movie that sets, takes place over a night where, um, like Thanksgiving, and you have to sign an oath to the president by midnight. Hmm. And, you know, shit happens when different <laughs> political views come up. But just if you're like, hey, sketch sketch show white guys who made a movie, double feature, there, there it is. The other one is Free Fire, Ben Wheatley directed movie, uh, Brie Larson's in it. Uh, there's a lot of people in that movie, huh? Yeah, Brie Larson and um, the Winklevoss twins. Uh, <laughs> Army <laughs> Hammer. Uh, yeah, and it's just kind of a, a violent gang situation uh, played somewhat comedically. Dark co- comedy. Yeah. Uh, so that might be a good one if you want to escape the mockumentary feel but still have uh, idiot criminals doing stuff. <laughs> Uh, well, awesome. Great double feature choices. And how about any sequel ideas? What's your sequel ideas for Killing Gunther? I mean, I kind of wanted to see a world in which Gunther and Blake teamed up. Ooh. And what it would be like for them to work together, where one of them is the sophisticated hitman, one of them is this bumbling idiot, and they get somehow, you know, I don't know who who would hire these guys, but... Yeah. somehow hired to yeah. to do something together and just watch their relationship either blossom or completely dismantle. I love that. That's awesome. What about like if they did they team up and it's like kill, the killing Gunther team versus John Wick? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my 
Lamar. They have to go after John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that John Wick does in the movie is just like so violent and brutal and straightforward (laughs) compared to all their antics. That's hilarious. A tie-in movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'll go with reviving Gunther. Uh, If we believe it's canon that Gunther did die, uh, Taron Killam is also alive, but no one believes he killed Gunther, so he has to revive Gunther so Gunther can confirm. Nice. It's a Frankenstein-style movie. (laughs) Uh, Very good. Any final thoughts about killing Gunther before we wrap it up? Uh (laughs) Chris, I feel like you and I are on the same page with this one. Uh, It's the best movie ever. Um, Well, cool. Uh, Lexi, where can people find your work? Oh, my work. I guess on Vimeo, which I think if you just type in... uh, I link to it in... Link to my Vimeo page on my Insta, which is at Lexi Kirsch. All right, wonderful. And how about you, Chris? Uh, just Chris Hosoda on Instagram and Rebirth Project on Twitter. Awesome. And you can find me at Joe Cabello at, at Joe Cabello on Twitter. And this has been Beat It Movie Reviews. If you like the show, please leave a review or reach out to us on Twitter. It's good to know that you're listening. Let us know what you think about the movies. And if there's any movies you want us to review that are new and upcoming, you can check out my comic book about a second grade black belt who fights his evil new exchange student a giant robot at robotblackbeltchampion.com and have a great week. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, y'all. See ya. Another movie review podcast. At least it's better than a car crash. And we're gonna write some funny ads. Talking movies and having a blitz. It's the beaded podcast. It's the beaded podcast. It's the beaded podcast.